It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Good afternoon and welcome back uh, to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. We have some very sad news to report. We are being told uh, that Prince Philip has died. The husband of the Queen, the Duke of Edinburgh, the consort, the man who has been by her side all of her life, pretty much, ever since she became the Queen of this country, who has been an absolute stalwart of our country's history, of our country's um, incredible tradition, Prince Philip, a man uh, who was reaching the age of 100, who was, of course, very ill just a few weeks ago. He was in hospital for just over a month. He was having operations done. He was having heart problems. He was obviously not suffering from COVID, as we did think at one point. But we are now being told that Prince Philip has died. Uh, That has been confirmed by Buckingham Palace. It's a very sad day, obviously. We'll be talking uh, to a whole host of different guests throughout the course of this show and also throughout the course of the afternoon. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Just before we talk to Kevin O'Sullivan, uh, who will have carried carried uh, plenty of uh, royal stories uh, in his uh, backpack as well. Let's just get uh, back to Ross Powell. Ross, what you got? Yeah, just uh, the leader of the opposition, Sir Keir Starmer, saying uh, in a statement, the United Kingdom has lost an extraordinary public servant in Prince Philip. Prince Philip dedicated his life to our country from a distinguished career in the Royal Navy during the Second World War and his decades of service as the Duke of Edinburgh. However, he'll be remembered most for all of his extraordinary crim- commitments and devotion to the Queen for more than seven decades. He has been by her side. Their marriage has been a symbol of strength, stability and hope, even as the world around them changed most recently during the pandemic. It was a partnership that inspired millions in Britain and beyond. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Ross Powell breaking the news um, earlier today, of course, that um, Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh, has died at the age of 99, uh, just two months before his 100th birthday. Let's talk to Kevin O'Sullivan now, uh, who, of course, is our uh, breakfast presenter at the weekends. Kevin, um, we were only speaking just a little while ago about Harry and Meghan. And, of course, in California yeah. right now, uh, news breaking, it's only about 4.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder whether they uh, they even are aware of it yet. Uh, probably not, unless they've got some sort of a small hours missive from over here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it does occur to me, without wishing to dwell on the negatives that this kind of 
sad moment that uh, poor Prince Philip in the final year of his 99 years on this earth mm. did have to deal with this horrible family split mm. uh, and uh, I'm sure he didn't, in- well we know that he didn't enjoy that at all uh, and I think that's one role that we have to remember that he played so brilliantly while the Queen was always busy with her official duties she deferred to Prince Philip as head of the family uh, and he dealt with the children, he dealt with the grandchildren, he organised the royal family as a family unit, he organised the royal home. So away from the public eye, he worked tirelessly to make this family work, if you see what I mean, because it's an extraordinary situation Mm. for a group of relatives to be in, to be the royal family. So he kept their feet on the ground there. Uh, And, you know, I I was just sort of dwelling on just the, the enormity of this story. Think about it, you know, this entire nation will now go into a period of mourning. The whole world will be shocked. And when you think about it, this guy's 99 years old. A 99-year-old person dying, they have to be a towering figure for it to be so meaningful when they finally pass. And that's what's happened here. This guy had a huge personality. I, I, I met him a couple of times. Yeah. And, and far from... Uh, you know, being this sort of gaff-prone... He was very funny, wasn't he? Very smart guy. That's exactly what I was going to say, Mike. When he walked into the room, he would... uh, I went to a couple of sort of rather stuffy royal receptions at the palace, and, you know, everyone was standing around nursing a drink, being a bit nervous. And when he walked into the room, uh, he would see it as his business to lighten up the affair. And he would work the room, he'd have everyone laughing... Uh, so, uh, I always, I mean, I didn't know him, obviously, but I met him a couple of times, and it struck me he was the kind of guy that he just wanted to make people laugh, he wanted to make, to make people have uh, a good time. Yeah. There were no airs and graces about him, uh, and I think he'd got a bad rep with all this gas stuff. As Charlie Ray was just saying, you know, he, these alleged gaffes were always pronounced um, with a view to humour. And of course, the papers pick up on them and turn them into scandals. But uh, he should be remembered. Uh, well, he will be remembered for uh, one hell of a lot more mm. than being the guy who, who said the odd, rather dubious thing throughout his long period. As, uh, and imagine concert. some of the stuff he's seen, the people he's had dinner with, the people that he, you know, whose secrets he's kept over all these decades i mean you're talking about a man who was born in 1921 you know mm-hmm. who who played his part in the second world war who 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 grew with his wife uh into you know one of the most famous couples in the entire world traveled the world went everywhere met everyone i mean literally you can't imagine something that he hasn't done yeah i mean the thing about uh, prince philip is you're quite right mike you know he's been everywhere done everything usually standing a few paces behind his wife now yes. prince philip uh, as anyone will met him who's met him will dif- will confirm he's the definition of an alpha male I mean, he was a captain in the Navy. He's one of those guys that takes control yeah. of situations and people look up to. But because of his official role as consort to the Queen, he had to take second place. He had to defer to her. Now, the, the, the level of his duty in doing that is extraordinary mm. because it did not... He hated standing behind his wife. He hated being the second fiddle everywhere they mm. went. And yet he did it without a word of complaint and he did it to perfection. 
action. So uh, he deserves our utmost respect uh, for swallowing his own pride and getting on with the job in the kind of dutiful way uh, that we kind of expect of our royal family. Uh, certain members of the royal family don't seem to be following that principle too closely at the moment. No, quite. Well, I wonder if this will have some kind of effect uh, on all of that. Kevin, thanks very much indeed. Kevin O'Sullivan will be back, of course, at 7 o'clock tonight uh, with more uh, on this story, the sad news that the Duke of Edinburgh uh, has passed away. Prince Philip, the Queen's consort, the longest-serving consort uh, in history, by the way, uh, has died at the age of 99, just a couple of months shy uh, of his 100th birthday. And, of course, there were going to be uh, some celebrations for that 100th birthday. There will now be a royal memorial funeral. Let's talk to Dawn Neeson, columnist at the Daily Star, uh, frequent uh, appearance uh, on talk radio as well. Dawn, um, sad news and, and also kind of unexpected, really. Hi, Mike. Yeah, um, incredibly sad, and I don't mind admitting Somewhat weirdly, I, I almost was in tears mm. when I heard it. Um, and it's, you know what? What I find about this is it's the human aspect of it. I mean, whether you're a fan of the royal family or not, it is the fact that this is a man who has been by his wife's side for 73 years of marriage. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Uh, Angela, um, good afternoon to you. Um, a very sad uh, announcement, a very sad day for the Queen. Oh, it is It is tragic. Of course, 99 is an incredible age to reach, but they're so close and they've had such a wonderful married life together with understanding and compassion that it's um, really incredibly sad. I mean, he was the, the, the pivot of the family. He created what they should do and how they should do it, while the Queen um, continued with her duty to the nation. And it's, um, it, would, it is devastating. Yes, and because he really, he, really very, has, hard. he really has enabled the Queen to do all, so much of what she's done. He's been by her side. You and I have spoken very often recently, Angela, of the duty that many members of the royal family um, take part in. And he was really the epitome of duty, wasn't he? Absolutely. Um, he was uh, he was happy to put himself walking two steps behind her. And we have to remember, he was a very, very skilled person um, in the Navy. He was due to rise very high. Um, but he understood that uh, for the Queen to manage things, he had to take uh, very much a second place. At times it was very, very difficult for him mm. because he wanted to know what he could do. But um, he was very creative and he did all sorts of things that helped the country and made it a better place. Mm. And he was a very... Supporting her. He was a very dashing young man as well, wasn't he? Incredibly handsome. Absolutely incredible handsome. Of course, the Queen fell in love with him when she was 13. And although her parents disapproved because he was poverty-stricken and he had a very bad background, his father deserted the family to run off with another lady mm. and his mother was often in, in care because she had mental health problems. And he had to go and stay with various people in various different countries non-stop. He didn't have a home. Yeah. Now imagine how much damage that does to someone. But she wanted him and he looked at her and he, he wanted her too. And her parents kept trying to introduce her to other men and she just refused. She was a very, very obedient 
young girl, but she absolutely refused to think of anybody else. And if you see the pictures of them on their wedding day, mm. um, it's just very, very touching. And on honeymoon afterwards, they're just beaming, both of them. And she wrote to her mother to say, it's as if we knew each other forever. Everything is so easy together. You wonder how far she meant that. Yes. Um, it was, uh, you know, it was just true love and they've respected each other and helped each other out all the time yes. and the queen has gone to him for advice because he's very solid and he's very um decent and he would always um try and help her yes that's right angela thank you so much for uh, being able to speak to us on this uh, sad occasion the independent republic of mike graham on talk radio Let's talk now to Charlie Ray, former royal editor uh, at The Sun. Charlie, um, you must have met Prince Philip on a few occasions in, in the many years that you covered the royal family. He was a, an interesting character. He was a, 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 a very jovial character in many ways. Yes, he was. I, I, I mean, I met him on several occasions and you always had to be... You always had to watch your P and Q's with him because <laughs> yeah. you never knew what he was going to say uh, to you. You know, he always gave the impression that he hated the, the press, but I, I, I think he had, you know, a little sneaking admiration. He was always very, he was reasonably pleasant most of <laughs> most of the time uh, to to the press. But I, I mean, as we just as we just heard, as we just heard, um, he was um, he was um, you, you know he was a great. He was a great. He was a great uh, loss. Uh, he is a great loss to the to the country and mm. to the Queen, obviously. Yes. Um, uh, huge, huge loss. Um, and you know, we're, we're now seeing what, unfortunately, when he left hospital, uh, you know, a, a couple of weeks ago, you could see he was not a he was not a well man. And uh, but it's still a big shock that he's gone to find I think this so. man who has been who's been at the centre of the monarchy for such a long time. I mean, this this phrase that's often used that, uh, that that's wrongly used occasionally uh, is he, he was her rock. Yes. And there's no doubt about that, that he was the rock behind the throne. He right. was the power behind the throne. No, of and course. And he could not have carried out her duties the way she has done without someone like Philip. And it's, just, it's very sad that yeah. he's, he's, he's gone. It is. Do stay with us, Charlie, just for a second. Ross Powell's here with me. He's got uh, something for us. Ross? Yeah, just a, a statement that's come through from the Archbishop of Canterbury. Statements flying in, of course, uh, mm. from everybody uh, yeah. this afternoon. But to the Archbishop of Canterbury tweeting a statement uh, saying that on the occasions when I met Prince Philip, he was always struck by his obvious joy at life, his inquiring mind, and his ability to communicate to people from every background and walk of life. And it's the penultimate um, sort of paragraph of his statement I think that uh, is quite striking he says as we recover and rebuild after the terrible trial of the coronavirus pandemic we will need fortitude and a deep sense of commitment to serving others throughout his life Prince Philip displayed those qualities in abundance and I pray that we can take inspiration from his example thank you very much Boris Johnson speaking now let's have a listen no, we haven't got that. Sorry, Boris Johnson. Not. Um, uh, we'll get that uh, statement as soon as we possibly can. Let's go back to Charles Ray. Charles, what would be your sort of abiding memory of, uh, of Prince Philip? Because not necessarily from your own personal um, uh, uh, interaction with him, but just in, in general. Well, in general, I mean, people always talked about the. Gap oh, sorry, sorry, Charles. Charles. Let me just leave you there. We're going to go to Boris Johnson. Boris and the monarchy, so that it remains an institution indisputably vital to the balance and happiness of our national life. 
He was an environmentalist and a champion of the national world, natural world, long before it was fashionable. With his Duke of Edinburgh award scheme, he shaped and inspired the lives of countless young people. And at literally tens of thousands of events, he fostered their hopes and encouraged their ambitions. We remember the Duke for all of this, and above all, for his steadfast support for Her Majesty the Queen. Not just as her consort, by her side every day of her reign, but as her husband, her strength and stay of more than 70 years. And it is to Her Majesty and her family that our nation's thoughts must turn today, because they have lost not just a much-loved and highly respected public figure, but a devoted husband and a proud and loving father, grandfather, and in recent years, great-grandfather. Speaking on their golden wedding anniversary, Her Majesty said that our country owed her husband a greater debt than he would ever claim or we shall ever know. And I'm sure that estimate is correct. So we mourn today with Her Majesty the Queen. We offer our condolences to her and to all her family. And we give thanks as a nation and a kingdom for the extraordinary life and work of Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh. Prime Minister Boris Johnson there with a tribute to Prince Philip. Obviously, lots of uh, people making statements. We'll bring you all of those as we have them. Charlie, let me just uh, keep you uh, no longer and I'll ask you for that uh, anecdote. You were going to say what you probably would remember Prince Philip best for. Well, it, it was what we always used to call his gaffes. But in actual fact, there were never gaffes. He, he meant to say what what he, he, he said because he was it was an icebreaker for him. It was the way he was able to communicate to people. And when you spoke to those people after and you say to them, oh, were you a bit upset about that? No, nobody was upset. He, 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 it was the way he was. He, was, he, he shot from the lip. He always did. And uh, that was one of the charming things about him. Thank you, Charlie Ray, uh, who's, of course, the former royal editor at The Sun. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Ross, obviously, you'll keep breaking uh, the, the news as it comes in to us. We're not sure what the next announcement will be, um, but it was literally within, what, the last 15 minutes or so that we got the news. Yes, and uh, just some reports uh, coming out. No official details, as you mentioned, Mike, about um, about the Duke's funeral, but it's understood he will be given a royal ceremonial funeral rather than a state funeral, and that was actually what he wanted, right. which was uh, quite reflective, I think, of okay. uh, someone who's playing that supporting role. Absolutely right. Let's talk to Rupert Bell, Talk Radio's royal correspondent. We've got the news uh, just breaking here that the sad news uh, that Prince Philip has died. Rupert, um, uh, I suppose um, just before his 100th birthday, he didn't quite uh, get there. What would you say uh, will be the difference between um, a royal funeral and a, and a state funeral? Well, I think they'll try and keep it more low-key. State funeral obviously has all the all the trappings. The, the royal, that he because as we've just heard, he doesn't want fuss and bother. So I think he will try and keep it uh, well, they will try and keep it as restrained, and given the circumstances, it will have to be, because, and in effect, the royal funeral element will be um, probably the best way forward. And obviously, given the sensibilities of the time, and bearing in mind lots of people have lost 
family members through COVID haven't been able to have a full-on funeral, obviously the royal family will have to be aware of the kind of implications if we go for, you know, how, how they play it. So it is a complicated one, and I'm sure plenty of discussions have been held, you know, over the last year, because inevitably, sadly, as a 99-year-old, uh, the, the inevitable was going to happen, but he proved how tough he was. He was uh, always um, just got on with his life, in a, in a sense, um, but I'm sure he will want it to be reflected in an understated way because that's what his role was, was to be the number two and that's what he will want reflected, that yeah, he was a great support for the Queen and throughout her reign, throughout her life, it, it wasn't always a, a smooth um, ride, but ultimately he was the rock of, to her throughout her life and I'm sure that will also be very important and be reflected as well. But um, for everybody, it's going to be a difficult process to resolve exactly to the extent, but clearly his life needs to be remembered as a, as a huge figure in the role that he's played in this life over so long. Absolutely right. And we last saw him, Rupert, on March the 16th when he was uh, released from hospital after staying in there for 28 days. Um, I suppose you might conclude that he never really quite got back to, to, to full health after that. Uh, yes, I think that's probably um, uh, true. And that he uh, didn't have the, uh, you know, he, his health has been suffering uh, uh, over the, well, for some time. And the fact that he was able you know, he came out of hospital, and we knew he was struggling with his health, but, you know, he didn't like hospitals, full stop. So I'm sure in the end, you know, he wanted it to be very much uh, in the comfort of, of Windsor Castle and around there, and, and it, it, it obviously will get foot more details later as to exactly the circumstances as uh, the palace release information. But uh, for him, uh, you know, it is a life well lived and um, I have to say a life that has left its big impression you've heard from previous speakers mm. on this on this program the impact he's had um, uh, just sort of around the sort of life of this country has been huge but what he would always say is um, well I'm just doing my job and the best I could in the circumstances that was very much his mantra and he will be missed as a as a solid influence um, never mind didn't mind what he said um, at times and and uh, occasionally probably didn't quite always get it you know, occasionally there were the odd foot in mouth moment but that was him he wasn't going to change for anybody no but uh, clearly now um, his life can be reflected with the the impact that it's made and for the royal family it's a huge moment really mm. um, and a, a seismic moment and uh, our hearts go out particularly to the Queen who you know, clearly has now got to try and continue to reign for however long that may be but obviously knowing that her, her rock is no longer there. No, of course, Rupert, thank you very much indeed, Rupert Bell there uh, on the news. Uh, the sad news that Prince Philip has died aged 99. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Let's talk to Richard Fitzwilliams now because, Richard, uh, good afternoon. I know that many people overuse the term soulmates, but you'd have to say that that, uh, the Duke of Edinburgh and the Queen really were perfectly matched. They were indeed, and what was so remarkable, I mean, this was someone of superhuman energy. He was a dynamo, and I do think that this was particularly significant because obviously uh, there's no question that he wished a naval career and he would have risen very high, perhaps to the very top in the Navy. But walking two steps behind the Queen, Mm. this is one aspect of his duty, because he saw, I think, his primary purpose to support the Queen, to support the monarchy, but also there were other aspects that were so significant. For example, I mean, his charitable work, the fact he was attached, apparently, so Charles Brandreth managed to calculate, to 837 institutions, organizations, and the like, founding the um, Duke of Edinburgh's award scheme, which was so absolutely extraordinary. 144 countries are now using it. And also so many other aspects of his character, selling, for example, in sport, the sensitive side regarding design, which few people tended to know. But certainly regarding the Queen, the fact that she could rely on advice, the fact that she could trust him Totally. The fact also 
that they had this, we took it for granted, I think, over so many years, this almost mysterious way they were able to handle so many public engagements so perfectly. Yes. Uh, it was one of the great royal romances, of course. I think so, yes, and a lot will be said about that in the coming days, I, I dare say. We're looking at some pictures now uh, on our YouTube stream uh, of their life together, and not many men, I don't think, Richard, uh, could have done what Prince Philip was able to do, which was to maintain a kind of level of of uh, of himself without losing his own personality, without losing his own sort of um, influence, if you like, but at the same time acknowledging very publicly that he was not anything other than um, an escort in many ways for the Queen when she was in public. Well, there was no question that uh, his world fell in uh, when, owing to the King's early death, uh, the Queen ascended the throne in 1952, but it was the balance that they managed so perfectly. And 73 years, I mean, are simply amazing in the wedding in 1947. Churchill called it um, uh, that uh, it was a... a gleam of hope on the hard road we have to travel and there is absolutely no doubt that the strength and stay the Queen referred to and he said in return that the Queen had tolerance and abundance, this made for between opposites I mean the Queen was uh, quite conservative, sensitive uh, rather shy in some respects, the Duke was always questioning, he loved an argument and he was certainly tremendously energetic the combination of this I think made for something that was very very special for Mm. Britain, for the Commonwealth and for the wider world An incredible number of events that he's lived through, born in 1921 you know, Second World War as you say which he served in Uh, seeing the way that uh, Britain sort of emerged from the 1960s, living through the whole period of the Diana uh, situation, then seeing, um, you know, the new century in and and seeing the Queen's Silver Jubilee, Diamond Jubilee. I mean, it's been a hell of a life, hasn't it? Oh, it has indeed. And of course, he was a moderniser. He was somebody who was always fascinated by something that was new, something that was challenging, something that uh, the technological advances, for example. I think one of the reasons that the royal family has adapted so well to uh, social media, but also deeply loyal and somebody who has, of course, had tremendous resource because a childhood that certainly wasn't enviable, I mean, given the fact that he was not personally wealthy, he nonetheless did have, with the Marquis of Milford Haven and with Lord Mountbatten, uh, family connections who were tremendously significant, particularly, of course, Mountbatten, with whom he had a relationship that was close, although I think that he did guard his independence somewhat, and of course it was Mountbatten who arranged the famous uh, visit to Dartmouth, where Mm. since that time the Queen has had eyes for no one else. Of course. Uh, we are bringing you here at Talk Radio the sad news that the Duke of Edinburgh has died at the age of 99, just two months short uh, of his 100th birthday. Uh, the Palace have said, um, Richard, uh, we're talking to Richard Fitzwilliams here, uh, Richard, that uh, there will be further announcements. What's the sort of protocol now uh, in a situation like this? What, what would you expect to see from Her Majesty? 
Well, there would indeed very possibly be an announcement, and she may very well, um, when she may well uh, address the nation, there will be a period of court mourning. Of course, at this particular time, given the restrictions on uh, regarding COVID, uh, the situation isn't likely to be what had previously been expected. The Duke himself always said he didn't want any fuss, but rest assured he will live in our hearts and minds and obviously those of the royal family, and our thoughts go out to them at this very, very difficult time. Of course. Richard, thank you very much indeed. Richard Spitz-Williams there. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. The Duke of Edinburgh, Prince Philip, has died at the age uh, of 99, just two months shy of his 100th birthday. There were plans afoot uh, to celebrate that. Uh, And let's talk now to Robert Jobson, Royal Editor of the Evening Standard. Uh, Robert, uh, good afternoon to you. Um, A very significant day, obviously a very sad day for the Queen. Um, There's going to be more announcements later on. What are you expecting uh, to hear later today? Well, I mean, first, I'm sure, like everyone uh, listens to talk, we send our condolences to the Queen and to the royal family. But what we, I, I think, what we will be hearing is some of the details uh, of, of the period of mourning, how it's going to go ahead. Obviously, we're still under COVID restrictions. The Duke is, uh, is at Windsor. I should imagine that it'll be a scaled down um, commemoration and a scaled down funeral um, that will probably evolve and revolve around Windsor. To make things simple, and in a funny way, um, I'm sure the Duke, although he's sad he didn't reach his um, his, his century, um, only a couple of uh, few weeks away, really now from that, um, he would probably welcome the lack of fuss. He's somebody who felt his life, life didn't was quite actually quite shy when it mm. came to personal praise, and he wouldn't really want to all of the fuss. So in a way, maybe this his passing is is what he would have wanted. And you would have had many times uh, uh, sort of conversations, interactions with him. He was uh, a very amusing character, wasn't he? I found him extremely funny. But I think people, when you write things down, they always look a bit more serious mm. than they appear what he's trying to do. I mean, unfortunately, what I really hope, I mean, I've, I've spent a long time researching a, a book on him, is what I really do hope is that he's not seen as this caricature that, you know, few witticisms and yeah. and that was it. I mean, he was a much deeper person than that. Somebody who, I think, yes, he was funny. He would look, you go into a room and he would look around and he would try to see someone he could have who would, you know, take a joke and lighten the mood of the room. Because when you go to a royal engagement, everyone's a bit stiff. They've got yes. all their ties on and they're all a bit, you know, all, all the, everyone's done up to the nines. They're all a bit nervous. So he just breaks the ice. Mm. Sometimes with the Queen, sometimes just for himself just so the mood of the event goes off. And everyone, once that first laugh, piece of laughter has happened in the room, it, the whole thing is a much more enjoyable event. So I'm sure that's what he was doing most of the time. Yeah, I mean, I've been on the butt at the end of his, of his jokes a couple of times when I was in the in and out club. He said, what are you doing here? And I said, well, I've <laughs> come to the lunch. He said, well, you know, he said, well, I said, well, I can go if you want. He said, um, no, you got to. You might as well eat, and I said, not that you need to. So you know, that, you know he was. You know, he had his moments. And, yes. uh, you know, you, you just um, you just take it, and I I think that one must remember. You know, he was a very visionary person too. Someone who, who did an awful lot of work for the World Wildlife Fund. He was a, a great artist in terms of he was a very good oil painter. Mm. He was somebody who wrote books about uh, wildlife. I, I actually think he's been underestimated over the years, mm. but. 
He's worked with things like the Duke of Edinburgh's award schemes and things like that. I've done an awful lot of good. Yes. Well, I was just reading that he's been the president of the English-speaking union for many, many um, decades as well. He was also president uh, of the Royal Society for the Encouragement of Arts, Manufactures and Commerce. I mean, he was a man with a lot of interest, wasn't he? A lot of interest, and he took a real serious interest in them. He would actually partake in engagements and events that were not officially on the rotor or, or the, in the public eye. He, you know, he put he was working on it really, to be honest. And um, you know, he put his money where his mouth. He would drive around in his electric car, long uh, cab, long before anybody else. Um, uh, yes. Him, things like that, and, you know, or his you know his environmentally friendly car. He he, he was somebody I think that. Um, really had uh, a, a lot to offer. But his main duty, as he saw it, was um, to serve the Queen, to make the light shine on, on her as his wife and as the sovereign, and to support her in every way he could, which I think he undoubtedly undoubtedly did. Mm. And, um, and, did an, and I don't think it would be easy for the Queen without him aside and he always managed to make her laugh which i think was it's half the battle yes it? absolutely right and i mean we don't necessarily obviously want to turn this into um, a, a conversation about harry megan but you and i have spoken many times about this where we said you know will he ever see uh, little archie again um before um, he passes away and unfortunately the answer to that now is is no and i suppose the next question will be obviously harry returns to the uk for the funeral but does megan come with him well, I think that's really a matter for them, isn't it? I mean, they've really, really probably embarrassed themselves, not only with the number of whoppers that they told, mm. but the, the timing of their interview that was completely unnecessary. Yeah, yeah, very sad times indeed. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Well, I think we've got Emma Webb back. Emma, sorry, we lost you there for a second. Sorry about that, Mike. It's OK. Yeah, I, I was saying that um, I think Prince Philip is the very model of duty as the Queen is in a way that is sort of distinctively British and it's a model of duty that this generation probably will never see again and will never know and doesn't really even fully understand so I really think you know he's the he's the longest um longest uh, con- longest consort yes. in British history mm. and um he served the country and the commonwealth so incredibly over over that period of time thousands of visits i think one of the last uh, uh, appearances that he made was when he was 96 yes um and you know he is really a very incredible man and also not just dutiful but so good humored um i remember when i was a child i met him and uh, I was very nervous to meet the Queen, and he told me jokes to make me laugh. Ah. So, you know, I'm very choked up about this, and many people will be. It's um, it's the loss of one of our great men of a generation that um, is, you know, dutiful and virtuous in, in ways that the current generation can't really replicate. Yes, indeed, and I said that earlier, that he does sort of represent something from a time gone by. I've got a statement here from Keir Starmer. Uh, so Keir Starmer, leader, of course, of the opposition. The United Kingdom has lost an extraordinary public servant in Prince Philip. Prince Philip dedicated his life to our country with a distinguished career in the Royal Navy during the Second World War uh, to his decades of service as the Duke of Edinburgh. However, he will be remembered most of all for his extraordinary commitment and devotion to the Queen. Uh, also mi- uh, messages from uh, First Minister Ministers of Scotland and Wales, Nicholas Sturgeon and Mark Drakeford, both expressing sadness and their deepest condolences, talk of selfless devotion. And I think, Emma, in this day and age, the words selfless devotion are not often uttered, are they? 
it doesn't really compute, I think, particularly for people of my generation. Mm. Um, and I do worry for the future of the monarchy that that is something that we do see it somewhat in William and Kate. I'm not sure that we uh, see it in many other members of the royal family. It's something that I think we should look to Prince Philip as a as a model to emulate in that way. And, and I hope that the, the royal family can one day step up and uh, show the same level of selfless devotion. But if you think that in the Queen's 68-year reign, almost 69 years, she's never reigned without Prince Philip by her side. Mm. So this is a significant loss for the monarchy. And it's a significant loss for the country because, as you say, selfless devotion is a very foreign concept. Yes. Um, and they they demonstrated it so well and, and served the country so selflessly over the past 68 mm. years. Um, I don't think words can really describe no. exactly what this loss means. And I also wonder whether this is some kind of turning point as well, Emma, for Britain, because there will be um, obviously plenty of time to discuss these things and today may not be the time to do it. But there are constitutional issues at play. Um, there will be people who uh, will think it might be time for the Queen to step aside for Prince Charles, or there might be others who even think it might be time for her to step aside for Prince William? No, I think not. I, I mean, obviously, there will be people who have various opinions on the constitutional situation, but the, the Queen is, is a tough cookie. And um, Prince Philip, I imagine, probably loved that about her. She's, she's tough and she's courageous. And um, I don't think that she should abdicate. I think that um, we would be honoured to have the Queen for as long as she can reign, as long as she, she does. Um, and, yeah, I think you know she's she's irreplaceable as a sort of binding force for the country um as prince philip has been as well and so um i think probably talk of abdication right now is is a little <laughs> insensitive mm -hmm. perhaps um but i think you know the queen is is a tough cookie and she's been a tough cookie partly because uh she's had prince philip by her side as her rock over yes. her 68-year reign. And just on a personal note, Emma, the, 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 when you were a child, when you were meeting the Queen, what was that? Uh, what was the occasion? It was uh, at the Queen's Theatre in Hornchurch. Mm. Um, I was there with a jazz band. Right. And um, the, uh, I gave the Queen some uh, flowers and a little flirtily wrapped uh, oh, uh, paper. And um, I was lifted over the barriers to meet her, and I was very nervous. And I remember Prince Philip asking me whether I knew how to curtsy <laughs> and uh, telling me jokes that right. calmed me down and making me laugh. But I didn't know at the time it was Prince Philip. Wow. What a lovely <laughs> and memory. And I've loved him ever since. Yes, that's a wonderful memory. Emma, thank you so much. Emma Webb, concerned commentator um, the world will be mourning uh, this particular moment in time Prince Philip of course uh, passing away uh, peacefully at Windsor Castle um, obviously the Queen and the royal family are going to be in mourning talk radio across the UK online on DAB and on your smart speaker the independent Republic of Mike Graham on talk radio if you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio via DAB online or via the Talk Radio app. And if you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us on 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. Mid-morning with Mike Graham. Talk Radio. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.